I just encourage people to take the time to figure out who they want to vote for, make an informed choice, and go out and vote uh, either October 15th or at one of the advanced polls prior to that. Welcome to Kelowna Talks, where we explore the why behind the decisions that shape your city. Together, we open the curtain and dig deep into current issues, plans, and policies that come out of City Hall. Thanks for joining us as we talk about Kelowna and the topics that matter to you. Hi, everyone. I'm Bob Evans, Partnership Director at the City of Kelowna and host of our Kelowna Talks podcast. I acknowledge that our community is located on the traditional, ancestral, unceded territory of the Silks Okanagan people. Well, it's almost that time. Has it been four years already? Wow. Yes, the time is upon us for the municipal elections across British Columbia. October 15th is voting day for the municipal government in our province, including Kelowna. And even though it's still August, we're starting to see candidates for the mayor and council come forward to our city. It's always interesting time for sure, and I always look forward to it. Today, we're chatting with uh, Mr. Stephen Fleming, our city clerk, to talk about everything that is election 2022. Welcome, Stephen. Oh, thank you, Bob. So first off, uh, I always like to start off getting to know you a little bit better. So uh, did you grow up in Kelowna? What did you get, what do you get up to when you're not in City Hall? Can you fill sure. us a little bit on who you are? Sure. So I grew up in Ontario, uh, different cities, bounced around, uh, moved here with my wife in 1991. We went, we moved to Burnaby. And then in 2003, we came to Kelowna. So uh, when I took uh, the deputy city clerk job at the city, been the city clerk since 2008. So yeah, we've raised our boys here. It was a great place to raise them um, and uh, made really made Kelowna our home. It's the longest we've ever lived in one place, uh, either of us or as a couple is in Kelowna. Oh, nice. So when you're not city clerking, mm-hmm. what, uh, what do you get up to? What's your, what's your hobbies and what do you uh, like to do? Yeah. Well, I, uh, as you notice from my background, when I sometimes do teams meetings, I have, I like to read, I've got an extensive library. Um, I have an active interest in military history and so have uh, different interests that way as well. Okay. So what are you currently reading? Well, having said that, I'm actually reading a really interesting, so it's a travel book, something a little different from me called Empires of the Indus, the story of a river. And it's a person who has traveled up the Indus River in India and a combination of um, uh, current and historical observations. Uh, the author spoke several of the languages, which makes it very interesting and it's something a little different for me to read. Uh, I've also just started a book uh, called Metropolis, the History of the City, um, which was published, I think, in 2020. Uh, I, I do have a number of books I like reading about the concept of the city, uh, in particular ancient cities from um, thousands of years ago, because a number of the issues that we think we're facing aren't new. Uh, came across a reference just yesterday when Cyrus the Great was building his uh, new capital in 550 BCE. The big emphasis was on parks and gardens. And so very interesting things that we have the conversations today, uh, parks and gardens. And how civilization goes round and round. Yeah. Yeah. And that there aren't necessarily new ideas. It's different ways of doing things. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. So back onto our topic, um, this must be a pretty interesting time for you in your in the in the four year cycle of uh, of council. How many elections have you been part of in your career? Uh, well, I'd have to count that. So um, 
How many fingers do you have in your yeah. hand? Is that uh, what we're trying to yeah. figure so, out? So uh, yeah. I was involved in three elections in different capacities in a municipality in the Lower Mainland before I came here. The first election here was in 2005. So nine, nine elections and two by-elections. Okay. So this will be my, my ninth. So I'm going to come back and ask you uh, some interesting things you've seen over those nine plus by-elections, because I'm sure there's lots of interesting stories. And, and I'm also sure we probably don't have time to hear all the stories, but we'll think we'll pick out a couple of that may be of interest to our, to our listeners. So uh, now we're seeing people pick up nomination papers from city hall, put their names out there. Uh, how does that work? Can you tell us about the nomination process? Sure. So right now, all people are doing is picking up a package. They're not officially legally candidates until they can hand them in. Uh, and that period starts August the 30th and will end on September 9th. So that's the time you can actually formally become a candidate is in that period only. So every election, we have lots of people pick up packages. They don't always bring them back. It's about a two-thirds to three-fifths return rate, so maybe 60 to 65%. And it varies by race. Mayor is usually about half, councillor is a little higher. So this is indicating we'll have probably a lot of candidates, judging by the great number of packages that have gone out. But until you actually file, it's hard to say. Yeah, okay. We just checked the numbers this morning and they were sitting at 12 candidates for mayor and 45 for council. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting from a percentage perspective on who who goes where and who yeah, in, fulfills those in requirements. 2014, we gave out 51 packages for councillor okay. and there ended up being, I think, about 30 on the ballot. Yeah. So we'll see what happens this year. Um, the 40-year term, I think, makes a difference. It's quite a commitment. You know, in four years, a lot can happen in your personal life, in your professional life. And so I think that is a different uh, than three. It does make a difference mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. commitment you're being asked to make. Okay. So based on that, tell us a little bit more about some of the key things that somebody that may be interested in running for office should know. Uh, the biggest thing is that uh, council is a collective decision-making body, not an individual making body, and that you need to convince a majority of your uh, fellow members of council that your idea is a good one for it to happen. Right. You need a majority of council, which is usually five votes in our case. And if you don't get that, then it doesn't happen. And that you need to build that sort of collaborative, collective decision-making body. Uh, it's interesting that in Ontario, they've introduced some strong mayor legislation, which would be a first for uh, the country. And we'll see how that goes over if it gets picked up in other places. But that's not the case in BC. So tell me a little bit more about that, the legislation side of it. What, um, do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, the mayor in BC, the mayor's one vote on council like everyone else. They're a member of council like the councillors are. They um, have different, some different duties and responsibilities as the, as the leading, uh, chairing the meeting, spokesperson for the municipality. But in terms of what's proposed in Ontario, the mayor would be able to appoint uh, senior staff positions arbitrarily, uh, oh, not, wow. not okay. just council. Right. They'd be able to present a budget to council. It's much more like an executive. They become an executive uh, wing, which at local government, there is no executive. There's no mm -hmm. cabinet like mm -hmm. there is at provincial mm -hmm. or federal. Um, so it's quite a different governance model. Okay. So as I listen to you, and I've always wanted to ask you this because we're, we're, we'll get a, a little bit more in the election, but 
how did you get to be city? Like, what prepares somebody to be interested in legislation, <laughs> being a city clerk, um, the organization of government? I, I'm, you know, I, I just have to ask that question. Oh, it's a great question because nobody goes. You, you, yeah. you can't see, but he has a smile. He has a twinkle in his eye. He likes this stuff, people. Yeah, nobody goes to school saying, "I want to be a city clerk," or "I yeah. want to go." Like, you can be a planner, you can be an engineer, you can be an accountant, all sorts of other things. Um, most city clerks I know fell into the job completely by accident, Okay, as did I. I fell into local government by accident 26 years ago. Um, I had to be chalked, talked into applying for a job. And um, it turned out it was in the clerk's office. I've always worked in a clerk's office, and I've done sort of every position you can do in a clerk's office over the over my career. But my... Like my uh, my master's is in something called Soviet and East European studies, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, I went to Carleton in Ottawa, and at the time, uh, Soviet studies was really big because right. it was the late 1980s. And then the Berlin Wall fell down, Glasnost, the Soviet Union fell apart. And what do you do? Um, I ended up, um, that training in hindsight really helped prepare me for um, you know, being able to analyze a problem, read legislation, write, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. things like that, um, be able to present comfortably. But uh, a lot of online learning. BC is very good for providing, um, once you're in local government, providing education and training for people in local government. And I've been fortunate to be able to take advantage of a lot of that. I've also participated in being, um, later in my career, someone who's then turned that around and helped teach other um, okay. local government staff. Wonderful. Okay. Had to ask that question. Yeah. Back to the election. We touched on it a little bit, and there's probably a lot of misconception about the role of council and what they can and cannot do. Can you help us understand a little bit about that authority chain between, I guess, just the, the, the local residents, uh, council, mayor, and staff? Sure. So in... You know, going back to your high school, you know, civics class that we all either didn't get or slept through in Canada, there's only two recognized forms of government, and that's provincial and federal. And so uh, municipalities fall under the provincial sphere, which is why every province has different rules for their municipalities. And it makes it a little confusing because it might be, oh, here's a great idea from Brandon, Manitoba or Winnipeg mm -hmm, or something. Mm -hmm. But, well, they might not have the same legislation as we do um, and vice versa. So we can do basically what the province allows us to do is the, and we're creatures of the province. Right. Uh, so we also can't go into say federal rules. A number of years ago, there was a, a initiative, a number of municipalities passed bylaws banning shark fin soup uh, because they were concerned with how sharks were caught and things like that. Those bylaws were deemed to be unconstitutional because oceans are a federal responsibility and so the municipalities had no ability to regulate what happened in oceans. Gotcha. So all those yeah. bylaws were struck down. Right. We had a candidate um, last election propose a uh, sales tax on marijuana. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So um, without don't have, don't uh, have the authority. Don't have the authority. Yeah. And so um, you know it, whatever. And so you have to be aware of what we can and can't do. And that's part of the clerk's office job is to answer that fundamental question: Can you do it? Which is very very different than should you do it? If, but the first question is, can you do it? Okay. And expanding again on what, uh, what a potential candidates may be faced with, uh, I want to ask about time and the time commitment of council. And as we grow as a city of Kelowna, as we know, we're one of the fastest growing cities in, in Canada. And there's many, many uh, issues and a lot of them are very complex in nature. 
So yeah, from a normal time perspective for a council, what what does it take? What do they what do they put in? Yeah, and that's a, a question we get a lot. Ultimately, it's up to each member of council how much time they put in. You're required to attend council meetings. If you don't, uh, if you miss too many in a row, you can lose your seat. So that's the sort of baseline. You have to be at council meetings, right? Uh, and then how much you prepare for them. Are, are, we have a very tight turnaround time and have for many, many, many councils that you get the agenda package late Thursday, early Friday, councils Monday. So you're spending Friday or, your, or the weekend going over the agenda package. I know a number of the councillors over not just this council, but previous councils might go visit sites that are up for redevelopment or um, things like that. So we ask every council, are you good with this schedule? Because mm-hmm. we can change it. It's up to you. When do you want your agenda package? Uh, to date, no councils said change it. Um, I think as we get more complex, we might see that in the future that it's a council might want more time to go through their package. Right. Right now, council meets all day during the day on a Monday. Most Mondays, um, it's not every Monday in a month, um, maybe four times a month, say, and then uh, one or two public hearings uh, on a Tuesday evening. Uh, with the changes in the de- in the provincial rules on development, I think we'll see fewer Tuesday evenings because I think the rules will change. Okay. And then, but those are another thing to prepare for. The other thing is the majority of our councils on the regional district, either as a full board member or an alternate, and they meet twice a month and have, uh, so there's commitments there as well. And there's other external committees you might be on that might like DKA or Urba or something. And so... It's not a full-time job, but it's creeping up to, it's always been considered a, the mayor's a full-time job and a counselor has, has a, a th- uh, about a third or, or so of the mayor as, um, in terms of the, the expectation. Sure. And, and the compensation isn't great either. I mean, it, it, this is, people don't go into this to, to make money. It's a, it's a passion and it's, it's a calling, I guess. Could you, would you say that? Um, yeah, you never know what people's motivations are. Mm-hmm. I guess Fair it'd be enough. a good question to ask all the candidates who are running. Like, I don't know why 45 people have picked up, or um, if you include mayor, why 57 people have picked up a package, uh, what their motivations are. I think they'd run the gamut of different things. Um, council did talk about, uh, you know, it does come up a uh, compensation uh, from time to time. Um, it's always a controversial issue. Yeah, fair enough. It's public service. This is interesting. And you mentioned you're from Ontario and I was, uh, historically, I'd like to say from Ontario because I've been in BC for a very long time, but, uh, we, we don't have a ward system and that's quite common in other, other provinces, common, but it happens in, a, in other provinces. So why don't we have a ward system and how do, how does council work in terms of representation? I mean, that's the whole point of a ward system is that you feel like you're representing a part of the city. So can you help us understand that a little bit from our local context? BC does not have a tradition of ward systems. Um, if you go back far enough, 1920s, 1930s, I think there were wards. I'm not sure why they disappeared. It's one of the many ways BC is different from the rest of the country. And most other major centers in the country have a ward system. There are advantages and challenges of a ward system. It's not something that uh, UBCM advocates for. The, the legislation does allow a ward system should a municipality want to go that route. Lake Country has a partial ward system, which is a, um, a carryover from their incorporation. But uh, other municipalities in BC have not gone that route for, I'm sure, a variety of reasons. 
Vancouver looked into it maybe 15 or more years ago. The council recommended it and it was defeated at referendum. That's the closest I think anyone's come back to a ward system since then. Like any system of council governance, there's pros and cons to a ward system. And, um, you know, for a uh, uh, variety of reasons that uh, it's just not something that councils either here or elsewhere have uh, wanted to pursue. Right. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll see where that one plays out over time. And something else that um, you don't normally see, I guess, uh, or generally see compared to provincial and federal elections is partisan or specific political parties at the municipal level. Can you ex- expand on that a little bit too? Is it all just about yeah. the individual candidates or do and we, I guess, we have had slates in mm-hmm. the past? Yeah. And and just uh, follow up to that, to the ward system as well, is that when a member of council swears their oath, their um, part of their oath is they'll take the interests of the entire municipality in making their decision. Oh, okay. And so um, I think that's a, a hint as to why perhaps ward systems aren't there. Ward systems can lead to more... Uh, factionalization, perhaps. Sure. But um, you know, part of your oath is you're taking what's the best interest in the entire community when you're making your decisions. In terms of um, at the local level, uh, elector organizations is the term used uh, legally for uh, a, a, a equivalent of a party. They're quite common in the Lower Mainland. They have not had a law uh, had a much of a history here. Uh, a couple of times, people have uh, created them. For an election, we we did have uh, like 2014. We 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 had a uh, five people run under an elector organization. Prior to that, we had I think three people run under one. There is one registered for this year, so we'll see what how that plays out. And for whatever reason, again, it's like it's uh, people have run mainly as as independents and not been part of formal elector organizations. And that's when the name of the organization appears under the ballot as it does oh, at okay. the provincial or federal level. And you can call yourself whatever election BC allows you, a, right? allows you to. So you said there was one already in process. What, what does that look like? How do you do that? What's Well, the deadline to register with elections BC was August 2nd. So, okay, you, had so to meet, done. Yeah. you had to meet criteria that is in the legislation. And then elections BC basically says, yes, you meet it or no, you don't. And then sends out a list that says, these are the elected organizations that we've approved that could endorse candidates. And then there's a, you have to have permission of the organization Yes, we'll endorse candidate X, and then candidate X has to say yes. I'll take their endorsement. Right. Um, so there's a, and then that would appear on the ballot. So we'll see what if that you know how that transpires this year, and go from there. But it's something that has not been part of the tradition here. Uh, slates are a bit more unofficial. Election advertising rules have sort of really tightened up, and that if you are going to advocate for uh, 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 an individual or a group of individuals. You need to now um, say who you are, where the money's coming from. And the election advertising rules over the past three or four elections or two or three elections have really um, tightened up. And this is in reaction to some of the uh, things that were happening in the lower mainland. Right, where I people remember were that. spending huge amounts of money. Billboards. And, and you didn't know like who that. they were sure, or sure. anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So that the a number of reforms have changed that and that you now need to register if you're going to um, promote a third-party candidate, you need to register with Elections BC and file some uh, information so people know who you are and where you, where, where the money came from. And, and there are spending limits now too. So looking for equality, fairness, um, open. Yep. 
and that yeah it shouldn't just be who has the most money can you know buy, buy it yeah or win yeah. or help influence um but we'll see how these uh you know the there's new rules again on third party advertising for this election so we'll see how that all plays out there's a uh an upcoming candidates forum. Um, and again, this will probably play after <laughs> that yeah. happens, but uh, what kind of uh, coaching or information session, what does that look like for, for you and for the candidates? Uh, every election year we've offered this um, for the past several elections. And it's really just a way for a- anyone who's interested. You don't have to be a candidate or have picked up a package just to say, hey, here's the basics of how council works. Um, this is, you know, some of the questions that you've been asking, like, how does council make decisions? Uh, how often do you meet? What's the time commitment? Uh, things like that. And just, uh, so people have an idea of what they're getting into. Um, we find that sometimes there's lots of misconceptions as to how council works, uh, what the authority of members of council are or are not, what the authority of the mayor is or isn't. And so better to know that before you decide to run than say you get elected and then you find out, oh, well, my, my, what, what I wanted to change is actually something that the province or the federal government right. has control right. over, not right. the municipality or something. And over a 40-year term, there's like all sorts of things that we'll be dealing with four years from now that we haven't even thought of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get an idea of, you know, this is, this is what you're, you know, the, the, uh, the sort of, um, this is the adventure you're, you're uh, proposing that uh, you're about to go on should you convince the public that you're one of the successful candidates. Interesting choice of words, <laughs> adventure. I think it is an adventure for many, many people. And uh, yeah, we've seen lots of different candidates come through uh, City Hall over the years. So back, which cycles back to what I asked you early on, which is, uh, you know, maybe we, <laughs> this is maybe a bit con- controversial and we have to obviously keep identities confidential, but any good stories you can share with our listeners as we get close to our close here that would uh, bring a smile to our face? Every election, whether it's federal or provincial or municipal, the biggest issues are always around election signs, their placement, right. their, where they are. Um, and um, I know there was uh, when we we now hand out a little uh, do's and don'ts in a very in photographic form, saying here's a here's a picture of a sign put up lawfully, here's a sign not so. Make sure you do it right way. And we had to add one that said, um, don't put a sign near this. And you know, there's the natural gas lines, and there's those uh, white and red warning signs that says there's a natural gas line nearby. Well, <laughs> don't um, put a stake in the ground here. Yeah. Well, a candidate um, put their, put a sign right near one of these things and they hammered them in with two feet pieces of rebar <laughs> because they didn't want, because l- lots of signs get vandalized and broken and sure, things like sure. that. Yeah. And they said, I'm no, no one's going to take my sign. And how they didn't blow themselves, literally blow themselves up is beyond us. Like we looked at it because it was also unlawfully placed because it was a safety sight line issue. Right, right. And bylaw went to remove it and we're like, whoa, uh, we're not removing that. <laughs> So we got the candidate to come and remove it. They didn't blow up a second time. Uh, they also weren't successful uh, getting on council. But it's so we actually now have in our uh, in our sort of sign guideline: do not put a sign anywhere you see one of these natural gas line warnings. Um, okay, that's 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 a good. It did make me laugh, and it's a good story, and it's safe, and and there's no particular person. That person, if they're listening to this, will know who it is. But that's okay. Um, so is, is there as we when you come to a closer, is there anything we missed that you'd like to get across to our listeners?
listener, Stephen, in terms of the election uh, process? Just that I'd encourage the those listening to um, vote. It uh, can be a bit daunting figuring out. Uh, we do get you know complaints saying, "Oh, there's too many candidates. How am I supposed mm. to know?" Uh, we will list all of them on our website with links to their social media or um, websites, uh, and uh, yeah, just encourage people to take the time to figure out who they want to vote for, make an informed choice and go out and vote uh, either October 15th or at one of the advanced polls prior to that. Right. That's a good place for us to end because typically what's our normal turnout from percentage perspective? Yeah, on this 30 election? to 33 percent. Right. It's not great, right. um, but it's been consistent around around 30 to 33 percent. OK, yeah. well, let's get out there, everybody, and uh, let's try to... Uh, bump that uh, percentage up, just similar to the expanding candidate uh, list here. And uh, let's hope that nobody blows up. We can all get to the polls and uh, bring ourselves in a new council. So thank you very much. And mayor, of course, and uh, school trustees. So thank you for your time. I really well, appreciate thanks, it. And uh, yeah, let's see how things play out over the next two months. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kelowna Talks. For more conversations about topics that matter in your community, subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you liked what you heard, give us a five-star rating and review and share Kelowna Talks with your friends and neighbours. For more information about this podcast and other big community conversations, visit Kelowna.ca slash community stories.